Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Hey there to all you dreamers, disruptors, and doers in the NFT ecosystem. This is Ethan from Edge of NFT. Today we want to bring you part one of a two-part special series live from the Praise launch event in Beverly Hills, California. Uh, we just attended this event and had the opportunity to bring our new field recording equipment with us and interview an incredible amount of wonderful folks in the NFT space all in one place. And so for today's episode, we're going to just feature a handful of folks. And specifically, we selected those that are the most groundbreaking projects that we came across. Um, of course, everything that's going on in NFT is quite groundbreaking, but we thought we'd highlight a handful of folks um, that are doing really special stuff. So we hope you enjoy this special episode. It's going to be a series of clips, and I'll come in in between those just to give a little bit of transition. First up, Let's check out our quick intro interview with Jesse Tevelo, host of The Launch Party and founder of Praise and a bold leader himself in the NFT space. So we are with the man of the evening. <laughs> of course, my wife is probably arriving right now. She says, come out front. <laughs> of course, of course. She needs uh, the great entrance, man. Yeah. All right, let's do literally like a minute of content right now. Let's go. Yeah, sure. Let's sure. go. And I'll get you, I'll get some more in, in later. All right, All right, right, cool. right on, go. right on. Well, we're here with uh, Jesse, the man of the hour, who's hosting an amazing party to celebrate the launch of Praise. This is um, sort of one of those special events with people that have been in the space uh, working together for a long time. Jesse, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, Thank how you. are you feeling? I feel great. It's uh party's getting started. I know you guys grabbed me here in the beginning to uh, get a couple words and I could not be happier with how this is turning out. I mean, I had a team of like 40 people that just came into this out of nowhere and just um, the, the elevation of this party is on, I just, I can't believe it. So a lot has happened since we had you on edge of NFT, I think like what, <laughs> six, eight weeks ago, time <laughs> yeah. flies in the world of NFTs. What's, what's the latest and greatest with praise? Well, it's funny you should ask. We have a big announcement uh, that's going to be happening at this party. Uh, nobody really knows about it. So this is the first time that I'm really saying anything about it. But it Scoop. will happen. You will you will hear about it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll report back. But we have a huge announcement. There's multiple uh, companies here represented doing cool things. There's scavenger hunts. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. But for us, this is the, the jumping off point. You know, it's about building a community and... Quite literally, this is the launch pad, the people here tonight. So you've been building community for a long time. You've been uh, in the crypto space. What's different about community building now and how do NFTs influence the community building process these days? So I, I honestly, I don't think community building has changed. And this is 
my sweet spot, my agency launch team literally focuses just on nurturing, which is a piece of marketing that few understand. And it just has to do with relationships. And, and that's the best way to build community, like, period. There's just, there's all these tools out there. And at the end of the day, we're all just people. So, you know, my goal with this event is to just bring remarkable people together and let magic happen. It's not that hard. Cool. Well, I think, I think we get to count ourselves among the remarkable people. I, I guess maybe if, if, if not at least for our sunglasses and my lack of actually putting my actual dress on for the party. But <laughs> <laughs> By dress, he means his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tutus are, everyone is welcome, man. Praise is inclusive, man. Seriously, I, that's, honestly, like, I will spin it that way. That's a big, that's a big branding thing for us is, nice. like, inclusivity. So, so yeah, um, I guess with that, I should, I should bounce because yeah. my wife is at the front, so I should go grab her. It, and she is very remarkable, I'm sure. She so. is quite remarkable. So, I'm gonna go do that, but if you guys catch me later, um, I'd love to do another interview, so. All right, Beautiful. we'll, we'll, we'll catch you after the big announcement yeah great to chat take care later yeah we had a little fun checking in with jesse before kicking off the event there before most of the attendees had arrived unfortunately we didn't get a chance to actually check in with him again you can imagine he was hosting an event with i think well over 100 150 maybe even 250 people so uh but we met a lot of great people and the next one we'd like to highlight is someone we've been meaning to chat with for a while. His name's David Bianchi. He's uh, He'll tell you a little bit about himself coming up. But uh, he's an artist. He's an actor. Uh, he's a creative, created uh, in his own genre of cinema, which is, is pretty incredible. And he's been invested in by greats like Metapurse, who we've had on the program previously. So he's definitely someone to watch. And uh, we hope you enjoy this uh, more, a little bit more extended interview we had with David. We'll get us started. So here we are. We're at Praise, um, like launch party with Jesse Tevolo, who we've had on the Edge of NFT podcast. Hollywood um, Hills. Yeah. Hollywood Hills. We're taking full uh, advantage of all of the amazing people that are here. Um, and there's people amazing in so many different domains. You know, some people are very advanced with crypto and NFTs and some people are very advanced with other things. Um, so it's been really fascinating to just kind of go around and get the pulse of the party and also just kind of get the pulse of where NFTs are um, in the world today. And this and, gentleman's breaking a lot of ground in NFTs. Yes. And uh, we're very excited to talk about him. We're very excited to talk about um, an invention of his called Spinema, which, you know, it took a few minutes as he was talking to me about Spinema. What is there some spinning going on? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. And, and it's a really cool idea. And I, I can't I can't believe it hadn't hadn't been uh, thought of before. It's it's amazing and, and really excited to talk about it. So can you just uh, introduce yourself a little bit uh, before we get started so we get some foundation uh, for those people listening um, uh, to the to the Edge of NFT podcast here? Yeah, absolutely. Shout out Edge of NFT. Uh, you guys have great people on the show, so I'm grateful to be one of those members now. Thank you so much. Guys, my name is David Bianchi. I'm widely known as an actor, independent filmmaker, uh, have been producing independent film for the better of 16, 17 years or so. Uh, came to LA with a theater degree and a dream and slept in the kitchen with cockroaches and then that was the, the impetus. Um, flash forward to where we are now. Uh, I entered the NFT space uh, in April of 2021. My Genesis project was a piece called I Can't Breathe. Uh, which is a spinema piece. So to break that down, it's an art genre that I created that stands for spinning cinema through spoken word. So I'm globally known as a spoken word poet, um, but I produced my first experimental short film in spoken word poetry back in 2004. 
So for the better of about 17 years, I've been literally sharpening my knives and creating the art form that you guys widely know today. So I didn't necessarily, obviously didn't create spoken word. I just made it better. The idea of seeing a poet on stage with a mic is archaic to me, right? How was I, how was I going to be able to make spoken word immersive? By taking all the disciplines that are David Bianchi, being a screenwriter, a performer, a poet, uh, a, a film director, a film producer, and that is basically the amalgamation of what created Spinema. So I hold the trademark to that. And so we going back to April of 2021, I entered the space by minting the first award-winning spoken word film as NFT. Uh, and in an unprecedented move, I donated 100% of those proceeds to the George Floyd Memorial Foundation. The piece is called I Can't Breathe and was acquired by Metapurse. Uh, at the time, I didn't realize who Metapurse was. I was just excited that, holy shit, like I was able to enter the space, but I found a platform that allowed for 250 megabytes on chain. And so I sort of cracked the code a little bit in terms of the frame size and the bit rate to get it in a package so small, mm -hmm. but that was basically the the catalyst for where we are now and the work that it, we're doing in the space. You know, we just had Tubador um, on, our, on our show talking about Dreamverse, where I believe you're one of the uh, feature artists as well. And you know, I, I got to say, like, it was an amazing conversation. His energy and commitment to what NFTs are all about in terms of breaking new ground around art and technology and telling stories experientially. These guys get it in a, a deep way. And, you know, there's so much conversation about why did they spend that money and just 10 minutes into the podcast with them is like very clear. This was a deep symbolic gesture towards the creation of space and time. And what they did was uh, essentially it was a gift to humanity to say, hey, pay attention. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, Tubador, Medikovin, Veritas, Brooke, I mean, they are incredible human beings and they're their long-term vision is a direct result of the purchases and the acquisitions that they make because they don't just stand for NFTs. They stand, they stand for literally the diversification of financial structures, the diversification of communal structures, um, the diversification of the NFT community so that it is more leaning towards people of color, but opening it up for social justice and human justice and human rights, which makes perfect synergy as it relates to why they acquired my first two Spinema films. Because my second Spinema film was directed by Emmy nominee Christopher Falkins, starring myself, an iconic actor and Grammy winner Malcolm Jamal Warner. So that piece was minted and also was acquired by Metapurse, and the drop also sold out. And so that's when people like Amir, uh, Mondoir, and, and some of the larger collectors started paying attention to me. Uh, even Keith Grossman has collected But they got to compete with Metapurse. That ain't easy. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting because once people see Metapurse bidding, they're like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> like, so, where's this yeah, going to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, it's been an absolute blessing to, to be stewarded by that company. For sure. And, um, you know, my, I chose to take a bit of a departure from Spinema on my third drop, and I went to Super Rare. And I minted a project called The Modern Day Minstrel, where it was basically a portrait series that was embellished in After Effects, where I painted myself in blackface and used vicious, racist, uh, stereotype symbols against myself to uncover the vicious, racist history of the minstrel show in America, which was the largest theater movement in US history for 140 years, white actors painted themselves in blackface. I have a BFA in theater and I wasn't educated about that. So being so uncovering those stories, and I cracked the code a little bit on that. So the one of ones were acquired by some very, very exciting and sophisticated collectors, 
but I also transferred the intellectual property of my spoken word poetry to the owner as well. Beautiful. I, I think that's a really important gesture that I see more and more right now is transfer of IP rights. We've, we've talked to several projects that have done that on a consistent basis, giving full authority. And I think it adds utility and value to NFTs and symbolically it, it means a lot because a lot of the naysayers, well, what am I really owning? Well, you're owning the full rights. Um, here you go. Right. And I think that that's a really, really important idea because what booms on the internet? Ideas. Ideas are what have value, which is why NFTs have intrinsic value because they come from ideas that are rooted in inspiration. Think about it. If you own the IP that to, you could sell, create derivatives, publish a Bukowski poem today, that would probably be a pretty cool thing to have in your back pocket. So who knows where David Bianchi poems are going to go? Um, and that actually came with a physical term sheet, right? So in the physical world, so you have this smart contract, but when I transferred the IP of the poetry to the owner, there was a terms and conditions sheets that came with that. Now there's also a moral clause in there. If you use those words to defame me or do anything negative against me in a public manner, you lose your rights to the intellectual property. And it's not exclusive because I also retain those rights as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's important for artists to also understand the, the legalese components of intellectual property as well, because Art, NFTs, assets, business, show business, sale business, it's all business. It's the business of selling art and selling ideas. So we have to be educated as entrepreneurs and not just educated as artists. So, so true or false, I have a hypothesis that we're moving towards a, a time in history where artists are, are taking over the world and within 10 years, artists will make the same amount of money as doctors and lawyers. Certainly sounds exciting, it's Josh. It's already happening right now. <laughs> well, I mean, so it's happening, it's happening now, and the counter-argument to that is it's happening in the fringes. So, so I guess my prophecy is that it will happen not only in the fringes, but in the middle. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I'm a firm believer in fine art. Right, the NFT is just information on, uh, uh, it's just metadata on the blockchain. Fine art made it sexy. Right now, avatars are blowing up, but I believe that everything will default back to fine art. So I think you're absolutely correct. And that spirit is in line with the work that I'm doing with minting um, and using the blockchain to mint films, socially conscious films, high art films, because I also believe that that longevity also includes film, media, and streaming in the metaverse and streaming and using the blockchain for proprietary rights of so, intellectual so property as well. You, you have an established acting career and you could double down on that and spend all your time acting but but you're choosing this instead why it's a it's an important question in that this shit gets me out of bed i'm using nfts and creating socially conscious work to create work that makes my heart pump that i'm donating money to charities and donating money to people that are actually fixing the world now, I say this often, I live in a spiritual place in my life as a result of my sobriety, right? And my job is to be of service. And so when I'm on set and I'm on a show, whether it's SEAL Team or, or whether it's, you know, um, SWAT or whatever, Queen of the South, whatever shows I've done, I'm doing their lines, which is incredible. It's a great job, but it doesn't give me the rise that creating spinema and socially conscious stories and creating the David Bianchi brand, as it were, 
and creating provenance and um, you know long-term equity for not just myself, but you know for my beneficiaries. In your collectors. My collectors. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, a theme here that I'm pulling out. Um, you know, when we had Metapurse. Uh, representative Tubidor on the show, he referred to Metaverse as the meta cheese of the metaverse, right? <laughs> and and uh, we also did a hot topic on our show where we talked about um, Cosmo Medici, right? The uh, oh Snoop Snoop Dogg, who, who turns out to be, I guess, I guess a Snoop Dogg, right? But maybe it, 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 it's it's very interesting. You know, we see these themes of you know people wanting seeing like a new renaissance right seeing an era where there can be a, the people who have a financial means to bring forth the artistry the creativity you know the intellect the scientific discovery the, the technology that they that needs to to come out right and i think that's it's really interesting comparison in terms of historical times and you know patronage and all this stuff is coming back into fashion and at the same time i really liked your point josh about you know artists finding their home definitely i i feel it of a place where some artists find it how to make it and some don't you know, you know? josh you, you you got you both you gentlemen really inspired a thought in that NFTs, for the first time in my entertainment career, is really giving me an opportunity to choose and create my own destiny long-term. Because when I go and I audition for a show, you know, I've got 10 other guys that are incredible actors. I go in and I book the room. The job is up to God, right? But as a result of the work that I'm doing in the blockchain, and I continue to have a good heart and have my heart in the right place, I can really concrete a future through art because I'm an artist first right? And that's the stuff that gives me promise. And this technology where we are right now, it's so embryonic. Eventually, guess what? Hollywood's going to come looking for me because they already are. Hollywood's already trying to figure out a way to matriculate themselves into the ecosystem that we know so well. And the, and the question will be, how does that impact the ability of artists to have full control over their own destiny, right? Um, and, and the same questions exist with music, but um, there's companies like One Of. Um, I, I don't love know if you heard, love the, guys. heard yeah. the podcast we did with that whole founding team and um, what they're doing, which is really to empower talent to you know create whatever they want, to find their own pricing strategy, um, you know, coexist with their fans without any buffer. Yeah, I think it's, you know, the the peer-to-peer -peer model, the community model, and and more importantly about the community is I say this often. Most of the NFT community is sophisticated, tech savvy, influential, hungry for high art. I mean, that's an amalgamation of things that you don't find in Hollywood very often. You don't find mostly in the music industry. See, here those are mostly characteristical traits of all of us in the NFT space. You know, so that to me is also inspiring as well, that as it relates to art, there are no boundaries. Mm -hmm. True story. So, so David, what's next for you? Um, so right now, um, I've got a great, a cool drop on Super Rare called um, Must Act for Love. It's a, it's a singular piece. Um, big project uh, coming up. I'm speaking at NFT NYC about spoken word films in the NFT space, as well as I'm one of the featured artists at Dreamverse with Metaverse and Time Magazine. I'm dropping a monster drop on Super Rare called The Revolution is Being Televised, which is a cinematic journey 
six ones of ones, some of them up to 180 seconds long, shot on anamorphic lenses, uh, Alexa cameras, 30-person crews that revolve around the Guy Fox mask and the idea of cultural revolution, social revolution, fiscal revolution, um, and injustice revolutions. And they will it will debut at uh, Dreamverse and Mint as a series. And I'm we'll be there to see it. Yeah. So hanging out, that'll be yeah. fun. I'm going to show you a clip of it as soon as we go off the air. Josh, I want to. I kind of want to do some hot, uh, not hot topics. Uh, 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 edge quick hitters. Edge quick hitters. Yeah, we we'll, do a couple with we'll them. Throw a few out. Yeah. Let's do one. Yeah. Okay. Um, edge quick hitters. He, do you want to do something before that? Edge quick hitters. No, no. I'm I'm excited. Let's, okay. Cool. Let's, let's do edge it. quick hitters. Uh, we usually do on our episodes, our long form episodes. We'll do like ten quick questions to get to know our guests. David knows. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. go. Let's go. Let's go. There you go. go. Okay. So we'll just do. Uh, we'll just throw out a handful. Uh, single word answers, right? Yeah. You know, oh, or sure. expound a little bit if you get the urge. But yeah, that's, that's the idea. Um, what's the first thing you ever remember purchasing in your life? <laughs> Fat Boys record, yellow vinyl. <laughs> All right. Stickle. Ha, 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 stickle. <laughs> nice, nice. And what was the first thing you've ever sold in your life? Um, weed. <laughs> All right. Okay. Got may- maybe a baseball card ahead of the game. Let's <laughs> stick with weed. We like that. <laughs> uh, um, and I think we're going to go- first for us. I think. Actually. Yeah, yeah. At least. I mean, the first-, the first motherfucker that was honest about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I sold it when it wasn't legal. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some similarly uh, edge pushing answers. We'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My favorite was a gentleman that uh, that they took his dad's uh, adult magazines and and not only sold them, but he cut up the pictures and sold the pictures individually. So he was making Good fifty, hundred bucks per magazine. <laughs> Limited editions from the one hundred one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's some NFT, you know. Uh, characteristics in that yeah you fractionalize the 101 totally <laughs> so next question let's do um what is your most prized possession my sobriety beautiful answer could feel that one all right and follow it up with uh if you could purchase anything in the world digital physical what would you buy and why anything in the world digital or physical what or an experience you know anything that's purchasable anything that is purchasable oh lord have mercy i would probably buy um a massing mining facility <laughs> because to be quite honest Money doesn't breed happiness, but it breeds options, right? And right now, because of where my frequency is, I mean, the first thing I would really love to buy is peace, but I can't mm. buy peace. Peace is earned as a result of your inner spirit. But if you created that mining facility in such a way that your ethos was embedded in the concept and how you mined and what you did with the mining rewards, you could, you could solve a lot of problems. Well, exactly. And I, and as I, I think, as I, as you, you also, you know, reflected that, you know, again, money doesn't breed happiness, but it does breed options. And what we do with the equity is up to the spirit. What does the spirit tell you to do? You know, it's like with me, I don't have to give away money. I choose to, because I know that the world will reciprocate it to me. I, I feel like there's a, a, a piece of art uh, in the future on that concept. 
that uh, hopefully we just created there. <laughs> I think there's something special there. Awesome. That was fun. Should we should we wrap it up and make sure he? I mean, we talked a little bit about what's coming up, but yeah, we, yeah. We how do sure how do folks stay in, stay in touch with what you're up to? What's the best way to follow your your journey? Absolutely, uh, David Bianchi, B I A N C H I, like the bicycle. Um, David Bianchi official on Instagram, David Bianchi on Twitter, just Google me. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm one of the few NFT artists that isn't hiding behind an avatar, which is a blessing and a curse. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I love to be accessible. I love to be a part of people's inspiration. Well, you can do an avatar yourself. Now there's a lot of, uh, projects coming out like that meta hero, right? Where you can avatar yourself and I've seen a some, full body scan. Some yeah. people have made NFTs of, of me, which I think is a, an incredible honor. Um, I'm not sure that I'll NFT myself. I mean, I, I tend to be a little self-indulgent in some cases. I think that'll really take the goose. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Well, it's great to hang and yeah. look forward to spending some more time with you in New York and uh, keep in touch with all the amazing stuff you're doing. Thanks for your Pleasure time. Pleasure is all mine. Thanks for your time, guys. Beautiful session. All right, that was a really fun and informative conversation with David Bianchi. Next, we're going to bring you a little bit more of the more impromptu side of the interviews we did at this event. Uh, as we walked around, uh, we came into contact with various folks, and I just dove into a conversation with each one of them. I had a couple of main questions, and because we had people from such a broad swath of NFT exposure, you know, what is the most advanced thing you know about nfts as well as kind of what's your biggest question and so you'll hear me go through those with someone interesting his name is lewis ivan he actually is the growth lead at stacks foundation now we have heard about stacks before when we had chemical x and residio on our podcast they use stacks for their this is number one drop that we discussed in that episode so it was interesting to get a little bit deeper into the stacks ecosystem and have a quick little exchange with lewis ivan from the Stacks Foundation. So I'm going around the party. You know, we're from Edge of NFT Podcast. Yeah. Clearly, we're talking to like the leaders yeah. of the NFT space like week after week. But okay. this past this party has an interesting mix of people, right, from all over the map. People who don't know anything about NFTs uh, and people who know a ton. So I'm asking like two questions. What's the most advanced thing you think you know about NFTs? What's the biggest question you have about NFTs? And then just kind of where to find where people can follow you and find out more about you. Okay. So first of all, what's your name? My name is Lou. So yeah, you can follow me at like Lewis Ivan VP at Twitter, and you can find my name Lewis Nakamoto. I'm actually from the Stacks Foundation. We build smart contracts on Bitcoin. <laughs> so you're one of those people that's gonna know more. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm uh, like into the game. Like I'm so deep into it. I could tell you a story about NFTs. <laughs> tell me the most. Yeah, like I said, maybe the most advanced or kind of like them that nobody would know this story except for you because you're like so deep into it. Yes. Tell me the story. Yes. Yeah, so today. I think I was replying to like a Twitter thread and the girl was tweeting about, she has like 20, 30K followers and she was tweeting about NFTs are a big scam. And I'm like, I'm like, told her, girl, NFTs are more just like digital images. They're actually a financial vehicle. Imagine if you can actually use your NFTs for like lending and borrowing and also for like yield farming. And that's what actually, what are the use cases are. And not counting the fact that you can also use it for like crowdfunding and I could go on and on about like the use cases. So right. for example, let's look at history, right? Let's take a step back and look at history. Rich people use art to actually you know, don't pay taxes, right? And they lend it to museums. And the same thing could happen for people. You can actually buy NFT and lend it to like a decentralized exchange. Sure. So for example, 
What's your name? Ethan. Ethan. So Ethan buys like a $1,000 worth of NFT. And then he he likes that NFT. And Ethan wants, needs some money so he can actually use this NFT as a collateral and he can put it at a de dex and get, give like a 50% um, rebate on it. So Ethan gets $500 back. And now his money is actually working for it. And those are, I think, the use cases that people actually don't see. So I always tell people, I, I get it, you know, technolo new technology are scary, but you have to look on what you see now to actually vision its possibilities. Yeah, it's it's having dove into the space so deep, like day after day with what we're doing. It's, it's just, there's just people exactly like you that are so deep and, um, you know, learning about these things, right? Like, you know, interesting things like what happens to art. You know, people own it, they loan it out to museums. It's it's like staking, right? Or, yeah. or something like but, that. Yeah. But but what if it's always been the rules of minority, right? So always like the rich people playing the game. Yeah. So NFT is actually democratizing it. It gives you the same level of playing field as the rich people gets. And I think that's what crypto is all about. And it's actually succeeding, it's what it's doing. Yeah, somebody somebody I was talking to about NFTs the other day who wasn't super familiar with it, and I was talking about how you know people can get into an NFT collection, right? And it can go up in value, you know, be, just because they're part of like a, a special group. And she's like, well, that that's because it's, it's exclusive, right? And I was like, well, it's exclusive, but not like typical exclusivity. Like people have exclusive access maybe because of what they know or like their culture or like the type of relationships they have, and it's not just all about who's the wealthiest, right? Yeah. I agree. So I think, so for me, if I'm going to advise, for example, I have a lot of friends that doesn't know crypto, right? And the first thing that I told them, you have to learn money and you have to unlearn money and value. Because money and value in society, they give you a certain definition. And right. you have to unlearn it in order to understand crypto. And the same for NFTs. NFTs is value because we say so it has values. But then again, you can actually compare it to like luxury goods, right? Luxury goods are luxury goods because we say it's luxury. Right. You know, and NFTs you could do the same. Like you can say, okay, these NFTs are like, we need to ape it because it's the real ish, you know? But I could also say, okay, I'm not really interested. I don't, I don't see any value. I think NFTs should be treated as tokens, right? You buy a tokens protocol because you believe in it and the team is actually gonna work on it. Right. And you should treat also like as an NFT, pro NFT project the same thing. For example, if you launch an NFT project, the project doesn't stop in you making a collection. You know, you should actually make it to a point that everybody adopts it, knows it, or whatever, you know? Beautiful. All right, so let me hit to the next question, and this will be an interesting one. What is your biggest question about NFTs, even how advanced you are? Like, what are you, like, confused about or wish you understood or have questions you want, you want to know more about? I think I'm always more... If I'm gonna look at NFTs from like a holistic standpoint, because I think my biggest question was like, for example, crypto has been there since like 2009, 2008, mm -hmm. and people resonate the most with NFTs, and I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> I think that's a question that plays back in my hand. Like we've been trying to actually reach the mass, like the mass users in general, but NFTs got their attention. If they, I explain NFT to a friend of mine, they understand it, but then if I explain them DeFi, they don't understand it. Right. There's just something about it that they understand that which I till now, I don't even get it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of the way of the world. There's different groups who just understand things in different perspectives. Yeah, I was like... I totally agree with you. Yeah, totally I was like, I, I don't get it. Like, it's like, oh, I get NFT. I was like, dude, literally it's the same concept. If I break down DeFi to you, you can literally... And like, yeah, I don't get it. I get NFTs. And for me, that's always mind-boggling. Yeah.
right, uh, follow up again. I, I know you set it up front, but say it one more time. Where can people go to find out more about uh, what you're up to? Okay, guys, so we're actually building apps and smart contracts in Bitcoin. I know that Bitcoin has a long time, has been like digital gold, but now we're actually unleashing the full potential on Bitcoin on Stacks. So you can check us out at like stacks.co and you can follow me. I'm the growth lead at the foundation, Luis Ivan VP on Twitter. Beautiful. Thank Cheers. you so much, Luis. All right, you caught a little bit of the spirit of the event there. People were serious about NFTs, but having a lot of fun, and there's a lot of energy and positivity going on there. Now, this next segment is going to feature a expansive team of accomplished folks who were able to pull off the first Banksy NFT drop ever in history. Um, I'll let the audio speak for itself. Uh, stay tuned, listen to this one, and then we'll wrap up this session. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you've had fun so far. And so right now we're going to have some of my friends, uh, Swan Sit, who is one of the biggest influencers on Clubhouse. What up? Yes, we know Swan. we got Jared, we've got Josh, we've got Ethan. These guys have some of the top podcasts that are growing like fire right now in the NFT space. Incredible. The, some of the highest production I've seen, by the way, um, for, for a podcast. And Jared, who just uh, auctioned off a Banksy. So, you know, we've got some awesome people here. I want to make sure that they have some time to talk about. The, everybody's awesome. Everybody's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. And right after this is our announcement. The announcement's going to happen on a projector screen inside the gallery. All right, you guys are here, you're close to the gallery, so you should be able to get there. I'm gonna spread the word while these amazing people talk, and thanks for being here. Hey, everyone, how's everyone doing? Let's give it up to Jesse for putting together an amazing yeah, fucking party. We've been to some NFT parties. This is organized, everyone's well liquored, the food's good, the people's good. This is amazing. This is the best NFT the best, party. The right best, the best NFT Welcome party. Welcome to the best NFT party. Faux show. <laughs> so we've got a crew, uh, I'm Josh, this is Ethan. We're two of the three co-hosts of Edge of NFT. And we cover the top, Jeff Kelly. And we, we cover the top 1% of what's happening in the space. Uh, we have a weekly show that's now turned into a two or three times a week show because let's face it, there's a lot going on. So uh, excited to be here today with a team that just got back from New York, right? Flew in a couple hours ago and uh, br breaking new ground with um, a really special drop and uh, excited to have a conversation with them about what, what went down and what's next. So um, why don't you guys... What? Yeah. yeah, let's uh, start by introducing yourselves and then we'll uh, get into a little bit of Q&A. All right. Thanks so much, man. Uh, Jesse, thanks so much for having us here. Uh, my name is Jared Fink. I'm the CEO of Cosmic Wire and I'm also the artist producer Blazar uh, with Universal Records. And uh, we're real excited to be here. We did some amazing stuff today with this incredible team that's been just like grinding away for months and months and months. We haven't slept for months. That's why we all look like this. And uh, we're just really happy to be here, except for swans. Like swan always looks great, but <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you so much. Hey everyone, I'm Swan Sit. I spent most of my career in the corporate world leading digital for companies like Nike, Revlon. Uh, I became an accidental creator 
uh, earlier this year when Clubhouse blew up. And my goal is to be curious and democratize information and access. So it's been a joy to partner with the team at Cosmic Wire to teach the world about NFTs. <laughs> that's, that's a hard act to follow. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, my name is Zach Friesen. I am the CEO of Cosmic Wire. Uh, I wish I had as much to offer or add as uh, <laughs> these lovely folks ahead of me, but really the big pull that I've uh, been able to pull into this Banksy and hopefully all of our pieces is the nonprofit arm, uh, bringing a social you know, impact to the work that we're all doing. Oh, so thank you guys. <laughs> Here, no, Bernd, we, we weren't complete without Bernd. Bernd, you got to say something. <laughs> thank you. Hi there, everybody. So my name is Bernd Olman, and my background is uh, primarily in branding, licensing, brand management. I worked with a lot of people in kind of the celebrity entertainment space. Anyone from, you know, Donna Karen, uh, Russell Simmons, Damon John, did the largest celebrity deal ever done with Jennifer Lopez and husband at the time, Mark Antony, Adam Levine, Nicki Minaj, the Rolling Stones. And, but a lot of people have done that. And what I'm excited about is really this next generation of what's the NFTs, the potential that it holds. So I'm seeing the monetization of IP and I'm seeing that we're just scratching the surface of what's possible. So I'm super excited to be here and be at the forefront and the crossroads. And how about a big round of applause? Banksy, the auction Banksy, just closed today. Right. First ever in history, Cosmic Wire. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Go on next. Oh, we've got more on the team here. Hi there. I am John Ross. I'm from Laurel Canyon Live and associated with Cosmic Wire. Uh, Laurel Canyon Live being right over there. Um, and we're a uh, broadcast facility, actually, that's that's located up just up the road. And uh, we work with Dolby and IMAX and various other groups of that nature. And uh, we basically created a direct-to-consumer streaming platform. And uh, we're working with Cosmic Wire on this. Yeah, we, we could not have done this without Laurel Canyon. A big round of applause for Laurel Canyon if you guys are All right. All right, well, as we've seen in NFT, it, it always takes a powerful team to make a powerful project, and we appreciate the fact that you have all been able to work so seamlessly together, however difficult and, <laughs> and sleepless it may have been. Um, you, we want to know the background on how this came together. I mean, we had um, actually Chemical X on our podcast several months oh, wow. ago, who's uh, apparently friends with Banksy, and and he was kind of saying, well, Banksy doesn't know what you know whether he wants to get in the space or not, or you know th that was his word. Of course, this is hearsay, but uh, would love to know a little bit about like how did this coalesce and how did this team coalesce and how does this actually get the momentum to happen? Well, it's a long story, but uh, we'll we'll do the fast food version here. So uh, the piece that we have is a very notorious piece, and it's called the Banksy Spy Booth. And it's, it's a very uh, relevant and poignant to what we're all going through today. Um, it was built, or painted, in 2014 on this uh, gentleman's house, on the wall outside of his house next to the British Intelligence Agency. And it was three 50s-era spies around a phone booth listening in on our conversations, you know, as a power to the people movement about what we're all tired of, people listening and our privacy being violated constantly, which is kind of what this space is all about. So when this came onto our radar, uh, it was absolutely something that we thought we had to get behind. Um, there was a million stories. The wall came down in 2016, which was two years after it was painted. 
and no one really knew why. Some people thought it was stolen, some people thought the owner had tore it down, but the actual truth was is that there was structural damage to the wall and the uh, British intelligence had seized the wall because it was a marked cultural icon. They did an investigation and they found the wall had come down due to structural reasons, so they returned the wall pieces to the owner of the house. It's from that person that we purchased the actual bricks. And this was all that remains of Banksy's spy booth. They're amazing pieces. It was nine chunks total. They're about 15 to 17 inches in width. It was the three complete heads. And if you guys haven't seen this piece, you should Google it. It's, the story is absolutely amazing. Um, the heads are Julian Assange and uh, Edward Snowden. And we don't. no one really knows who the third one is. But it just felt, especially after the last couple weekends with our Facebook revelations, you know, it's kind of the same stuff we've been talking about for a minute. And so for us, like this uh, space entirely encapsulates freedom and democratization and pushing back against the, you know, oppressive government oversight that we've all been dealing with for so long and, and kind of freeing these uh, economic bottlenecks that we've all been living through. And that's what this space is to us at the very core at Cosmic Wire. So um, we brought the piece. Um, the owner of the piece was going to sell it, you know, so our uh, role in this was just to make sure it was done in the most positive way possible with the most integrity possible so we brought it down to our friends at gentle giant here in la and had the photogrammetry done of these bricks and scanned them and so they're basically a digital twin so that we could encapsulate these and time capsule this for future generations to appreciate because i think in essence that's what banksy is it's it's art for the people it's graffiti so we wanted to make sure that this was preserved for all people and that was kind of the essence of the nft right on so I think we've also learned in this space that agility is is key. Um, from my understanding, this this drop was delayed a week. There was a, a little bit of snoo snuffu. You guys kind of almost broke the internet. Um, what 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 happened there? And what, what how did you sort of how do you deal with adversity um, besides besides uh, crying besides crying and and you know uh, liquid courage. I mean, the, the, tear, the liquid courage were my tears that I was drinking after all this, but... Only which, a week delay is pretty good, actually. Uh, I mean, man, my God, man. <laughs> but, uh, so we've, we've been working on this for a long time. Uh, Cosmic Wire, at our, at our fundamental core, we're, we're marketers, we're all influencers, we're a community of art creators and content creators and influencers and artists and celebrities and authors and all of those kind of people. And that's what I built the company around. I come heavily out of like the music scene. So I really understand predatorial deals very intimately. I've been in them for a minute. So that was kind of like the crux of it. So this whole marketing campaign that we ran with uh, Banksy, it wasn't so much in the mainstream. We did get like the normal kind of pickup stuff, but it was all through like Reddit and Discord and Instagram and, you know, blogs and just old school guerrilla marketing, person to person, you know, and via the internet, this kind of new silo that we've all learned having lived in our basements for the last year and a half. And we're kind of coming out again. And so we prepared this whole campaign. We had all the press lined up and we ran in and had our you know, website and the server and everything ready. We knew it was going to be a lot of traffic. What we didn't know is it was going to be a literal fuck ton of traffic. And it just smashed the server. It went down in like three minutes. It, it hit it so hard that it, we actually had the ellipsis that says hello world, which anyone that's in the IT world, which I'm assuming there's a lot of us here, know when the server resets, like in Jurassic Park, it says hello world, we're alive. So like we literally reset this very large company's servers for the first time ever which we're not going to mention who they are but um yeah it was it was exhilarating and also terrifying because it was just i was watching everything that we'd spent months and months preparing for kind of crumble in front of me um we were able to 
you know, convince the owners to let us, you know, come back out again because for them, from their viewpoint, they were just like, what the hell's going on? We're like, oh, we're blowing up the internet with your Banksy. And uh, they gave us another week, you know, so we rallied the troops and we kind of did the same thing and only this time it was even bigger. Uh, we upgraded to larger servers. We had a whole designated server and a team of IT and a bunch of all of us maniacs running around my apartment and screaming and holy shit. And today it was, uh, we did it. We, we sold the Banksy, the first ever as an NFT in the history of the world. And it was just a really humbling experience to be a part of and time capsule this piece for forever. Amazing, amazing. Let's, um, let's uh, close out this interesting conversation. Just hearing from uh, Swan, what, what got you excited about this project and, and um, sort of part of the, 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 the cheer, cheering squad and, and what, what got you involved here? Because you're involved in a lot of different stuff and, and clearly you saw some magic here that you want to be part of. Absolutely. The first is the team and the imagination and integrity that they bring to the table. And that matters a lot to me in this in the space. What I really liked about this specific project is NFTs, as most of you guys know, so much of it is marketing and community. And I did it for brands like Nike and Revlon that were slow and archaic. This space is a marketer's dream. You can create anything you want. So for example, when we talked about this Banksy, very few of us could ever afford a Banksy. So I said, well, we're democratizing its access. I mean, this piece was in private collection for so long and it'll go back into a private collection. What can we do to change that and not charge people for it? So I said, what if we did a scavenger hunt online? It's totally in line with this whole spy theme, but let's make it possible for people to earn it, to win it. So these guys in two days whipped up a scavenger hunt with four impossible puzzles and the first 10 people to solve each of the four puzzles got an NFT, no charge. That's what we want to bring to the space. So the ability to not only for these guys to build so fast, but for them to just be so open and say, what does this blank slate of marketing look like for this arena? It is game changing. Um, and then we get to bring it to more people because these guys also straddle the physical and digital. I know a lot of you guys here are NFT experts. You'll know, you'll forget more than I'll ever learn. But this company is a foot in both worlds, physical and digital. And if we only stay in NFTs, we're just going to trade them amongst ourselves and we're going to burst this bubble. We have to bring more people in. So the physical and digital help people understand what this NFT world is. And I think we're just the tip of the iceberg. Right on, right on. So yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly why we're in this space, um, Edge of NFT. We've done 52 episodes now, and I think the most important thing is to build that bridge. A lot of folks that are NFT curious and never want to go down the rabbit hole, but they're intimidated by it. Um, pick one show, and before you know it, they've, they've gone through our whole catalog. Um, if you're interested in checking out the content, Edge of NFT, uh, all over social, Spotify, iTunes. Um, in fact, Ethan's been working really hard in the background on our first NFT project, um, Living Trees, because we believe we are helping to grow roots in the ecosystem, and these trees are going to be, you know, fun. And... Uh, part of all sorts of different projects as well as our own over time. So uh, I don't know, Ethan, you're, you're the creator here. Anything to say there? And then we'll turn it back over to Jesse with a, a really big special announcement. Uh, just a little bit more detail on that project. Uh, we're, we're minting 5,000 uh, generative art uh, NFT trees. And for everyone that's purchased, there's going to be uh, 25 trees planted uh, with the goal of planting over 50,000 trees. 
so talk to Ethan if you want to get on that whitelist. We have to go inside, guys, for a big announcement. The doors are opening. Everyone walk inside, and we're going to hear from Praise. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Okay. Well, we're really privileged to have that wonderful group of folks to pull off the first ever Banksy NFT drop in history. Uh, really accomplished folks who came together to create something very wonderful. And that concludes our episode today featuring the groundbreaking projects we came across at Jesse Tevelo's Praise Launch event. And look out for part two of this special feature where we'll bring in some more of the social impact centered projects that we came across uh, at the event. And uh, of course, we see the sort of groundbreaking thought and performance and social impact across all sorts of projects. Uh, but we'll highlight that in the next episode. Well, we've reached the outer limits at the edge of NFTs for today. So make sure you uh, keep listening in and get your friends to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just look out at Edge of NFT and sign up for our newsletter where we're updating you on all sorts of new NFT drops, including our own NFT drop coming up. We're planning to plant 50,000 plus trees, up to 125,000 or more if we sell out. That's called the Living Tree NFT Project. Make sure to look out for tips on how to get on the whitelist um, on our socials and our newsletter. Till next time, we'll see you later.